0: Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. And if you want to just look at at the first two words of the scripture with me. Now, faith. Now, I understand that the writer is presenting this and said, uh, we're introducing, this is what faith is. And I understand the grammar here. But I want to take it a a little out of context, if you please. And I would like to preach on the thought of a message using those first two words. Now, faith. Faith that happens right now. Now, faith. There was... There was a... uh, church service and the preacher was preaching a little bit long and so this usher was kind of leaned in and said you know i can't stand it when this guy goes on forever he should just dismiss the service and the lady looked up and she said do you know who i am and the man said no i've never seen you before and she said i am that man's mother and the usher looked down and said, do you know who I am? And that woman said, no, I've never seen you before. And the usher said, good. And he just took off. <laughs> it some now faith. <laughs> you know that we go through storms. And, and brethren, storms are a part of life. And uh, you know that one, peep, one set of folks, they're coming out of a storm. And maybe you just came out of a storm. How quickly we forget. Then we were in a storm, right? You were sick and that's all you thought about. But then, as soon as you got better, you just got back to the busyness of life. You're cleaning your house. You're going to work. You're doing laundry. But storms are a part of life. Have you ever heard someone, they say, I'm going through it. Well, that's a little word, right? But when you're going through it, that just consumes all of your life. Now, the book of Hebrews was actually written to Hebrew or uh, uh, Jewish Christians. And they were, uh, in, they were uh, uh, encouraged not to give up faith in Jesus Christ. And that was one of the central themes. It was that Jesus was better, better than the angels. Uh, better than the priests, He was our great high priest. Jesus was so much better and that they were told not to give up faith in Jesus Christ. It had a great recompense of reward, which means if you held on to Jesus in the rough times and it was a time of persecution that God would come through. And the writer in Hebrews chapter 11 begins to talk about the faith of men and women that follow God. Men and women in the Old Testament that follow God. You know, Daniel, he followed God right into the lion's den. But you know, I've got good news. The God that brought him into the lion's den kept him in the lion's den. Brother, uh, brother gave me a big Bible. It's, it's back in the children's church and it's got pictures in it. And so, yes, it's got pictures, you know, books with pictures. You know, like you read books with pictures. Well, that one has pictures. So there's pictures of all of these biblical events. And I looked through it because there's one picture that I really like. And it's a picture of Daniel in the lion's den. And Daniel's got hair like me. He, he, uh, he He was an older man when he went to the lion's den. But it's a picture of Daniel and he's just kind of reverently looking up. And these lions around him, they're kind of ducking their heads. You know when an animal gets in trouble, it kind of ducks its head and and uh, they're, they're kind of looking up. And they're looking up at something that's in out of the picture. And we know from the Bible that Daniel said the Lord sent his angels and he shut the lion's mouth. Now, I don't know if it was physically or if it was just the presence of that angel. But you know that the God that got Daniel into the lion's den was the God that got Daniel through the lion's den. And the God that got Daniel... On the other side of the lines, then, now faith, now faith makes decisions. You know that when you're in, a, you're in a, a, a bind and you say, well, preacher, what's going on? The Bible says, and Elijah came unto all the people and said in First Kings, How long halt ye between two opinions? He said, you know, there comes a time to make a decision. You know, I remember when I was a young man, I was uh, going to Bible school and my truck broke down. And my truck broke down. I had a, a truck with hydraulic lines in it. Well, the hydraulic lines burst. And we were delivering sheetrock. So we had these big arms that would come down out of the side of the truck to stabilize the truck. So it wouldn't tip over. And the, those big arms were down on the ground. And the truck hydraulic lines blew all over the place. So those arms couldn't come back up. We had to leave the truck there. Well, the truck was how I was getting back to the shop so I could get to my car so I could go to church. There was church that night. And in Bible school, you don't miss church, okay? Or you miss, uh, you miss Bible school, okay? You've got to be there. And I called my boss. I said, hey, the truck... It's messed up. And the boss said, we're standing the mechanic. They had a mobile mechanic. And I said, okay, I'll wait until I told him like 3 o'clock or something like that. And he said, now, Adam, sometimes in life we have to make hard decisions. And I told my boss, <laughs> I already made my decision. <laughs> and you know, I said, preacher, what? Well, what if you get fired? You know what? What if I get fired? But you know what? What if I can get something from God at church? So it came 3 o'clock, and I just took off walking down the street. I mean, I didn't have a truck, but you know what? They rent cars, and I was up in Seattle, so I just went into a car place, walked in there, rented a car, went and picked a guy up for church, went to church, and you know what happened after church? I went back up and picked that truck up. In the middle of the night, the, you know, the, the truck was fixed. The arm, the outrigger things were back up. And we drove it back to the shop. But here's the thing. You made a decision. And it seems I didn't get fired from that job. But you know what? I'm thankful that I made a decision for Jesus. And that's what Elijah said. He said that now faith. You need to make that decision. He said if the Lord be God, follow him. You know, if God's God, that's what I'm going to do. It doesn't matter if someone declares that I can't be a Christian. You know, there's a real fight on for the soul of America. And it's not just about prayer in schools. Do you know that when they take away faith out of schools, what do they replace it with? What do they replace it with? That men can dress like women? Brethren, that's what they're replacing. Oh, preacher, it's not. It's in the libraries. They call it like drag queen story hour. It's in the libraries, but you know what? In our library, I don't know if they do that in our library in Orange Park, but you know that they can't say Merry Christmas or have any kind of Christmas. It's what the holiday is. Look on the calendar. They say happy holidays. But yet they have Halloween displays, Hanukkah displays, all these other kinds. But you see, they're trying to cleanse Jesus Christ from our society. But what are they going to replace it with? And that's what Elijah said. Wait a second. If God's God, make a decision now for God. If God's really God, it doesn't matter what everybody else says. But then he said, if Baal, which was a deity that they would worship, a false god, if he's God follow him. You know what? If that's really the way that it is, if this other one is really God, why don't you follow them? But follow them with your life. And then the Bible said, and Elijah said unto the people, come near unto me. You know, I'm thankful that that's what God says to us. He says, come near, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And Jesus said, I'll give you rest. Preacher, but are you worried that your wife is sick? Well, let me tell you, one, one, she does a lot for church, okay? My wife comes and sings and plays and then she talks to people, so I wouldn't say it's worried, but man, it was, it, my wife does a lot for God. I appreciate my wife. I say, well, preacher, but you, shouldn't you be there? No, God wants me in the house of God. God wants me here preaching God's word and it was a decision. She's like, I'm not coming. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm getting my daughter to brush her hair, that's harder than you think. My daughter's got some hair, so dad became the one that... So my daughter did not eat a healthy breakfast. I'm just going to (laughs) confess that to you right now. Raisins and chocolate chips were on the menu, and whatever else. She got this thing out of the cupboard. She goes, Daddy, can I have this? I'm like, sure. It's dried orange peels. She thought it was chips, but she put it right back up in there. So... Our house is missing some junk food, right? But the Bible said that Elijah came and said, Come near unto me. You know what now faith does? Now faith. The Bible said he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. You know that that's what we really need to do with now faith. We need to come back. An altar is, this is, this is called an altar. It's a bench, okay? But an altar is a meeting place with God. An altar is in the Old Testament where they used to make sacrifices And the blood of that sacrifice would gain forgiveness from sin. But in the New Testament, Jesus Christ has already shed his blood on the cross. The the blood has already been shed. An altar is a meeting place where we come and receive the benefit of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. Faith rebuilds the altar. That's what now faith does. It says, you know what? I'm making a decision to have a meeting with God. You know that, have you ever heard that song, Have a Little Talk with Jesus? Just a little talk. Tell him all about your troubles. You know that that's exactly what God wants us to do, to have a little talk with Jesus. Now faith rebuilds an altar. Now faith hopes for things. The Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. You know that even when things are invisible, you can't see them, right? There's this movie called The Santa Claus, right? And it's about this, I know Santa's not real, okay? But this little kid's talking to a psychiatrist and they said, Santa's not real, you can't see him. And the little kid said, have you ever seen a million dollars? And the guy said, no. no. He said, well, just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not real. You know that I know that I'm not here to make a... a, a, We know about Santa Claus that he's not real, okay? okay. Hold your children's ears for that. But Jesus Christ is real, even though he's invisible. Because you see, when we get to heaven, we're all going to lay eyes on Jesus one day. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 24, we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? You know what? If you have hope, that means you can't see it. If you see it, if I've got $100 in my my wallet, if I do, I hope I do because I've looked and it's not there. Okay? I hope I have $100 because I don't. You know, something could have been put in there. But if we hope for that we have seen not, then do we with patience wait for it. I remember I was in the elevator uh, years, years ago, years and years ago. And there was a presidential candidate downstairs. And I'm not politicking, okay? And, uh, but I, it was, happened to be the person I was voting for. And uh, I said, uh, hey, talk to a lady in the elevator. It was a hospital. They were doing, you know, how they shake hands in all the hospitals. So we're going up in the elevator. I said, the next president... He's downstairs, and the lady probably didn't vote for him. She voted for the other candidate, right? So she goes, next president, you hope. And I said, well, I have faith. And she said, your faith is going to fail. The guy voted for one, just to tell you. I, I don't know where that lady is. And, uh... Anyway, that's a bigger story, but you know that there's a lot of voices in our head that are telling you that your faith is going to fail, that if you trust Jesus, it's not going to work out, that if you trust Jesus, things are going to fall apart. Let me tell you, when you trust Jesus, the Bible said that all things are going to work together together for good because if you love God and you're called according to his purpose there's a song that said I've read the end of the book and we win. Have you ever been in, a, in a, reading a good book? Maybe it's fiction but you just kind of flip to the end and see what happens in the end. If you read the book of Revelation the Bible said he's going to create all things new. There's going to be a number that no man can number. They're going to be on the sea of glass worshipping God and you know I'm not going to have any regrets about Making decisions for Jesus with now faith. Now faith hopes. You know preacher, I 've had enough time serving God where it doesn't seem like it's going to work out. I remember when we got this, this place, and uh, I know it's a little place, right? but it's way better. How many remember the place before this? Just two. Oh hallelujah. You know they call this. They call places a strip mall, where it's a bunch of like stores in a line. But we were across the street from a strip club. And that has nothing to do with the strip mall. It started out as a bar. And then it, then it became a place where it was too expensive to wear clothes, okay? But uh, this place is way better than that place. <laughs> there, was a, there was a lady that came to church, and she, she wanted to give an uh, offering, and it was a bunch of $1 bills. And, and she gave her stage name or whatever. She never came to church, but I was like, okay, that's what we were dealing with over there. And uh, it was an opportunity to witness and different things. But uh, I remember when we came up, they wanted a bunch of information. They, they, they basically wanted me to personally sign for the liability. And they wanted uh, Reverend Keckle, who's in charge uh, of the business side of our church, to sign for it personally. So if someone defaulted, it would personally, and they told me that's a no-go, Brother Bigelow. So I had to go talk to the lady who is in charge. She has an office up there from the leasing office. And I remember walking through the door, and I said, God, I am not feeling it. (laughs) I'm not feeling it. I, I didn't feel this incredible faith that caused me to go forward. But I went forward anyway. You know what now faith does? It goes forward anyway. It's the evidence of things not seen, but what's the evidence we had already given our one month notice at the last place. We were gone. In fact, I didn't even ask my pastor. I just said, we're out of here. I am, I mean, as, you know, as nice as it is to be across the street from a great soul winning opportunity over there, (laughs) I said, we're going to get to a better place, but I didn't know where we were going. You ever feel that way? It's like, I'm, get, I'm leaving, but I don't know where I'm going. That's exactly what faith is about. But you see, I did not know where I was going because God was going to get us a better place. My wife, she saw this. She were going by. I'm like, hey, look, that place has like half off or a month off of rent or something like that. And that's a real blessing, right? Not the first month, but the second month. They don't give you the first month, right? Because so. The lady told me this wasn't going to happen. and It wasn't going to work. And maybe you've heard that. It's not going to work. It's not going to happen. It's not going to work. But you know what? That's just like the lady in the elevator. No offense to the lady. Your faith is going to fail. If your faith is in man, man might fail you. But if your faith is in God, God will never fail you. God will never fail you. Jesus never fails because God is love and love never fails. But uh, I went through that door, sat down in her office, and I said, ma'am, we can't do this, and we can't do that, and we can't do that. And I thought she was, you know, kind of going to just throw me out of my ear and say and the t- that the, it was ticking. We didn't know. We didn't have much time left. We, we knew that we were going to be out of a place to have church. Thank God for hotel conference rooms, but, brethren, it's not as much of a blessing as you think it is, okay? You got to bring all your instruments in and bring all your instruments out, like do the hokey pokey and turn yourself around. No thanks. And she looked at me and she goes, okay, no problem, no problem, no problem. I was talking to a different woman. Or was it the same woman that God touched their heart? You know that God can touch people's heart? I don't know what happened, but years later, we're still here. She's made accommodations for us. Uh, my rent at my apartment went up so much every year the past two years but this rent you know what when they renewed the contract it stayed the same they didn't raise it one dollar I'm like oh thank you Jesus because everybody from New York is moving down here it's true like 65,000 people change their driver's license they can they know who changes their from New York down to Florida you know what that means your, your property values go up you know what else it means Rent prices go up. That's what happens. People are leaving from up north and they're coming down here. But by the grace of God, God's still taking care of his church. It's the evidence of things that you cannot see. You So I'm thankful that storm things. You know, little things are a big deal. That storm faith, there's little, little details. And you know some of that little details is little decisions that you make. And maybe even... A little decision you make in church, you know what? This thing I've got going on, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. This evidence of thing, now faith says, I can't see it, but Jesus Christ, that's the guarantee that this thing's gonna work out for the glory of God. I'd like to close with this. Miss Marlena, do you think you could go get Miss Nikita? On the night of the early morning of August 8th and 9th, 1942, this is World War II, The life of 19-year-old signalman third-class Elgin Staples of Akron, Ohio, was saved by someone over 8,000 miles away. Serving aboard the cruiser USS Astoria in support of the landings on Guadalcanal, his crewmates and he were suddenly found themselves illuminated by a spotlight and under attack by a force of Japanese cruisers north of Savo Island. At approximately two in the morning, the Astoria, their ship's number one eight-inch turret was hit and exploded, sweeping Signalman Staples into the air and overboard. Now, if you've ever been on a ship in the ocean, the ocean is very big, okay? (laughs) He was dazed and wounded in his legs by shrapnel, kept afloat thanks to an inflatable rubber life belt. They had belts that were not like a life jacket, but it was a belt that floated that he had donned or put on shortly before the explosion. So he was saved by another ship, and they make a long story short, he got blown out of that ship, right back into the water. Second ship, true story. Rescued a second time by the USS President Jackson. That's what we're named for down here, Jacksonville signalman staples was first evacuated to Noima in new caledonia and then given leave to return home it was while on board the president jackson that he first examined this life belt that had saved him it was made by uh in his hometown of akron ohio by a place called the firestone tire and rubber company yes the same ones that made the tires later for cars He also noticed an unusual set of numbers stamped on the belt. Returning home to Akron, Signalman Staples thought to bring along the life belt that had saved him to show his family. After a quietly emotional welcome, he said, I sat with my mother in our kitchen, telling her about my recent ordeal and hearing what had happened at home since I had gone away. My mother informed me to that to do her part, she had gotten a wartime job at the Firestone plant. Surprised, I jumped up and grabbed the life belt from my duffel bag, put it on the table in front of her. Take a look at that, mom. It was made right here at Akron, at your plant. And the mother leaned forward and took the rubber belt in her hands and read the label. When she looked up at me, Her mouth and her eyes opened wide with surprise. She said, son, I'm an inspector at Firestone. This is my inspector number. From 8,000 miles away, his mom, although he could not see. So preacher, was it a coincidence? Yes, but sometimes you can call things providence. (laughs) That, That means it's not a coincidence that God used his mother's eye to make sure that that belt was going to float not just for one evacuation from a ship but for two but you see god had his hand from 8,000 miles away even though he could not see he could trust in the things that he could not see with now faith but with heads bowed and eyes closed it says now faith faith that you can use now It's the substance, it's got weight, it's got value of the things that you hope for. And hope means you can't see it. And I don't know what you're hoping for today, but by definition, you can't see it. Because if you saw it, you wouldn't hope for it. But you know what I would like you to do as we're getting ready to have an altar call is to exercise that now faith you see because faith in jesus christ it is the substance of things hoped for but it's evidence of things not seen you see an empty tomb was evidence that jesus rose from the dead an empty cross was an evidence that jesus fully died and then an empty tomb that he rose from the dead and his blood has gained us forgiveness from sins and that if we give our lives to him he will take full responsibility Every step of the way down here and will lead us and guide us until the end of that book where we find victory standing before God in joy and peace on the seat the streets of gold which are just like glass God has a plan use now faith take a step forward let's find a place to pray these altars are open I need God you now I need something from my life now What you need to do is take an exercise now and say, God, I'm coming to meet at an altar now. I'm coming to get something from God now because I'm going to exercise my trust in Jesus Christ. Brethren, whatever you need from Jesus, God can answer through that possibility that lies in Jesus' name. Jesus have your way, in your name is forgiveness by your blood, in your name is power, in your name is direction, in your name is counsel, and in your name, God, we exercise trust now. Now, now for your family, now for your job, now for those uncertainties of life that you're going through it's all certain in jesus christ turn the question mark bend that thing into an exclamation point in jesus name father i pray that in jesus name all of the exclamation points would replace those question marks in people's lives by the grace that is in jesus and by the power of your resurrection now